Welcome to another episode of The Dewpoint, the Digital Electronic World Point Report, with your hostess, Margarita. In today's episode, I'm going to be focusing on the fact that every day in our lives we have to keep ourselves organized, whether we are having to organize our homes, our apartments, or our studios. And sometimes that does mean that we move a piece of furniture here or there. And other times it means that we have to keep ourselves organized within our electronic world, which is our email. Especially in this day and age when sometimes we have to pay bills online. There are some vendors who only allow electronic payment. And how is one to stay organized if we only have paper files? Well, we can't always print every single piece of paper anymore. It's very cumbersome. Between ink and paper, it can add up. And so when we're looking at our emails, and for those of you joining on the podcast, I'm also recording this for my YouTube. And so I'm going to be walking through step-by-step how to create folders that will facilitate our ability to put important items such as statements into folders that we can easily see. And hopefully the instructions will be easy enough that you can follow along. If you have any questions, always feel free to send me a question, comment, or concern. So, let's begin. If we have our inbox, and of course there are different vendors that provide different services for electronic mail, each of them has a different menu item to choose from, but what I'm going to be using as an example today is Google, Gmail specifically. And as a result, what you would do is once you're in your inbox, you would go to the search option, which is the magnifying glass, search in mail, it says. And you would click on that, then you type in a word that is going to narrow down your choices of emails so that you don't get bogged down into the details of all the other emails that are in there. For the moment, we just want to focus on creating folders specific to one subject. Now, in order to do that, we now see all the emails that are under one one specific word. And because we can see that, we also have to decide which ones we're going to move to where. But before that, we have to create a folder electronically. In Gmail, on the left-hand side, there's a column which gives us a lot of information as to where to store things and also where things are stored. We see everything from inbox to starred emails to snoozed emails to sent items, drafts, and etc. Below that, in the next category, we can create labels, which are folders in essence, to then put conversations in or items that are important, such as we're doing now, which is our specific e-bills, if you will. Now, in order to do that, where it says labels, you click on the plus, and there you're going to be asked to create a title for this particular folder. So title it whichever you would like that will be easy for you to remember. Okay. 
And after you've done that, you have a choice. If you had, a, if you wanted to put this one underneath a folder, making it in essence a subfolder, you could do that at this particular moment. But for the moment, for the time being, we're not going to do this right now. You're just going to click on create. And when you have clicked on create, you now can look at the left hand side and your folder, whatever you named it, is now there. In this instance, I created a folder called Spectrum Cable and Internet and Mobile because I want this bundle service to all be in one folder so that I don't get discombobulated by all the ancillary emails from one particular vendor. Some of them are not the e-bills. Some of them are just the marketing, but it is easier to put them in one folder. So that's what I'm going to do. If I click on this new folder called a label in this instance, you'll see there are no conversations. Conversations is what it's referred to because in essence, email used to be conversation between people, but electronically, but it really has become a lot more than that, particularly since some vendors only allow electronic payment of their bills. If we click on the inbox button, we go back, we end up again in our inbox, but we've lost the narrow search engine options. So we have to do that again, plug in the word, type in the word, I should say, that will narrow down your selections of email, find the email that you want to move into a folder. In this instance, once you have found it, then you will click on the button that says select. It's underneath the column that says mail. Click on select. And after you've clicked on select, you right click on move to. As you drop down your mouse or your finger on your ThinkPad, touchpad, whichever you're using for your computer source, and you scroll over to the right and you select the folder that you had just created. Once you click on that, the item moves over and your screen tells you conversation moved to Spectrum Cable and Internet and Mobile because that's what I named it. And that's it. That's all it has done. It has just categorized it. That's all it has done is categorized it, but it has moved it. So it has moved a copy. Now, because we still have it in the narrow search engine option of the one word, you're still going to find the email if you search for it under the word. But when you clear your search engine at the top, not your Google search engine, but your email search option, if you clear that and make it go to nothingness and then you click on inbox, you will see you don't see your email here because it isn't one of the emails that is in the general inbox. It has now been moved to a subfolder. And this is why if you look at the left hand side, there's a bold label which says spectrum cable and Internet. Now, this isn't what yours will look like. This is what the example is that I'm showing. If I click on it, there is one email and it says exactly that it was moved over and where it's categorized from. 
So you see how important it is to have been able to move that over and that it's categorized? Because now I know that it belongs there. I also had previously labeled it for another folder, so it actually may be located in two folders. In order to reduce redundancy, you can do the following. You go to your folder and you see that I had previously created a folder called Spectrum eBuilds, which has another communication from the same company. I don't want to have these all in various places. It'll just be too cumbersome. And so what I need to do here is select the email and also go to move and move that to the same folder that I just moved to the other one so that it will move it. And what you have just noticed is it left this folder and it's now in the Spectrum Cable and Internet and Mobile. And now there are two there. Now, previously I had also created an additional redundancy, which is the one that you just saw. So this is where you see this email, which is those of you on the podcast won't see this. But what I am explaining is I had previously moved some of these emails, which I talked about. And so I'm just putting them all into one folder so that there isn't this added redundancy, because if you were just to have moved one, you end up with three emails. And so imagine if someone has bifurcated the situation and moved something to various places, they have just, what many would think of, discombobulated the entire situation because now nothing can be found anywhere. But it's still there, it's just now in, subfolders which are not going to be as easy to find. So think for a moment what that means. Why would there be three? There's one in the inbox, there's one in the labels folder, and then if you moved it back to the inbox, the one went back to the inbox, yes it did, but then the one that was already moved to the labels folder has been left in the labels folder, so there are three. Because you have created a in essence, a tag to the email. And what I mean by that is every time you look at your Gmail, you see that emails are identified as whether they belong in your inbox or they belong in subfolders. If you go to any of these that I just moved over, if I were to move them to the inbox, they would be labeled differently. How do I confirm that? All you have to do is look up your search space and it says here that I'm currently looking at label and it is categorized for me the name of the folder. If I go to my inbox, I'm going to see any of the emails that are already labeled. After I have typed in the specific word to narrow down my selections, I can see that some of these did not have that particular label previously until I just recently identified it as important enough to go into that label. So now there are three emails that show the categorization spectrum cable and internet and mobile. And that is why it's important to find ways to stay organized, to move your items, but don't move them to so many places that then you can't find them. Keeping yourself clear and concise in your inbox is going to help you stay as organized as possible.
Thank you for listening, those of you on the podcast. And have a great day. I'll be back in a different segment with another item and helpful tip that has to do with keeping ourselves properly organized and how we do that in our lives. Speaking to the duality of our digital electronic world existence and our in-person existence. And welcome back to another segment with the Dew Point Report, the Digital Electronic World Point Report. Previously, we were talking about keeping ourselves organized and how we can do that. And I gave an example of organizing electronic mail, which for some, they don't really go into their electronic mail anymore, as you can probably notice in conversations with friends and or family. But truth be told, it is necessary in the sense that because some vendors are requiring bills be paid electronically, that we somehow develop a sense of how to best organize ourselves in our electronic mail existence. Thus furthering the fact that we don't just have our tactile existence, things we do in person when we have conversations with people, but also that we have to, from time to time, go into things like our laptops or our tablets or our phones and find our electronic correspondence and make sure that we act on it accordingly. Now, I did say that there were other ways that we could keep our lives organized. And the next example, I'm going to talk about seven ways that we could keep things that are important to us, which in many instances are our literary sense, which is what keeps our mind focused and clear. And it can make people verbose, yes, but it also helps, helps us as humans to stay critical thinkers. Because we're constantly analyzing what is going on in a story when we're reading it. And so what we often notice is that we can buy a book here, buy a book there. Sometimes it's a used book. Sometimes it's a brand new book. Now, I know that we also may, from moment to moment, check out a book from our local libraries. But I'm discussing in this particular segment seven ways to organize our books that we have where we live. And it is important to note that, of course, these are just ideas. You can always, if you have your own way of organizing your books, of course, that works for you if that's the best way that you feel you can find your favorite author. Now, the first one is alphabetical by title. Now, what happens in this instance is, of course, it's easy to find because it's alphabetical. So you could just go through your bookcase and look for alphabetical. But sometimes they are different sizes. And so you may not have bookcases that accommodate all sizes. What to do? What to do? Well, then there's another possibility that if you organize them by size, then it would be a little easier to manage. I'll explain to you a little later how all of this 
it comes full circle to be able to understand it really is more about how we can best find the information we need. And it also will help others around us. The other organizing style for books is alphabetical order by author. So it's interesting because if we begin to select one particular style, we have to really stick with it. Otherwise, it confuses an entire process or procedure. And it doesn't have to be so formal. Sometimes you just want to put your books in a bookcase and have them out there easy to select off of a bookcase, bookshelf. But when we do want to find something through some semblance of order, it's important to know there are ways to do that. You also have the ability to organize books by themes, such as, and not limited to, by mystery, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, whether if you have books on politics, you can organize them by national politics and then by foreign policy politics. You also have, if you have a lot of poetry, you have the ability to break down the books by poetic or prose, by poems or prose. There are different types of poems, styles of writing. And or you can also break your books down by self-help or organize your books by self-help if you have a lot of self-help books. Now, as I mentioned previously, sometimes our bookcases don't accommodate all of the book sizes. So there is an interesting way to do that, and that is to place them horizontally as opposed to vertically, sometimes and not always, but really to give your bookcase a bit of dynamic. And then that also allows you to give them some vitality. You can put a little nugget here or there of something that reminds you of where you bought the book or when you last read the book. Maybe you were somewhere and then you stopped at a little shop and you bought an amethyst. Or if you bought the book at an airport shop and you bought a souvenir at that airport, you can have the souvenir nicely placed on one of those books. The other theme that you could use is by art type. If you have different types of books on art, for example, art history, contemporary art, abstract art, etc. So some of these you'll notice have subsections to them. The other possibility is that you may have different books that are written in different languages. And depending on how many you have of which, you can break them down into language sections which would make it very interesting because if one day you feel like catching up or rereading all of your books in one language, then you can go into the specific language section of your choice. The other important thing to note is that you can break them down, organize them, I should say, by categorization of age preference, so that if you have some that are children's books, you put them in a children's category, and they can even be in a completely different bookcase so that they're easier to access by children if they are going to be asking you, hey, I want to read this book today. It's easier to find than if it was just in the alpha sorted with the adult books. So you can have, as I said, the different bookcase for children's books and by age. And then the adult bookcases could be in a different part of the room. 
Or sometimes what we tend to do is have our bookshelves in different rooms, and that also accommodates the ability for us to have different themes. But remember that if you begin with one theme, you might want to keep it consistent so that if people want to help you find books from moment to moment, then you know the, the theme that you've gone through or the organizing style, and it'll be easy to locate. The other, which is the seventh, is the ability to break them down by either if they are hard copy books or if they are paperback. Note the following, though, that not all bookcases can accommodate every single book type because hard copy books are heavy. And sometimes they do tend to be extremely thick, not always, but when they do. So you do want to make sure that you're using bookcases that are going to sustain the weight of what you're putting on them. You don't want to overburden your shelving. And not all shelving is for books. Some of it is just decorative. This is why it's really nice to have, as I mentioned before, some books horizontally placed, whereas most books, of course, we tend to think of as vertically placed. When we go to a public library, for example, we see books are typically vertically placed in a bookcase, in a bookshelf. But one thing to note is that when you begin to place them horizontally, the title of the book is easier to actually note. And I mean, it's very telling of just everybody's personal preference of how people place their literary materials. And so all I have done, my dear audience, is given you some ideas as to how to organize your books. We all have books, whether we have five books, 10 books, or 1500 books. And this does include magazines as well. We should really have a semblance of idea as to how to put our literary material on a shelf. What we don't want to do is leave our books in boxes where they just rot away year after year. We want to make sure we have them easily accessible so that we can reference them, we can reread them, or, my goodness, read them, of course. You don't want to buy a book and then just place it on the shelf and note that it looks fantastic on a shelf. You want to actually have purchased it to read it because there are adventures in books. There are stories to be told in books. And the authors go through painstaking processes to be able to get those books to store or to library. And so that uh, people like yourself or myself, when we buy them, used or new, and or when we check them out at the library, have the ability to enjoy what is in them. But then even additionally, that we continue to allow our minds to stay connected to new experiences, because each story that's in a book is going to help us in our analysis process within our brain. And not only are we exposed sometimes to new words, but then we go and look up and that expands our vocabulary. But we also are exposed to 
a process in our cognition that allows us to analyze what does this mean in the context of how I'm reading this and in the context of how I grew up. And what does it mean for that person who grew up in this way that just told me about what they went through, if it's not fiction. And so you want to be able to expand your horizons in such a way. I hope this helpful set of hints has helped. And certainly, enjoy the rest of your day. Your hostess, Margarita.